Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us on LJN Radio. I'm Tim Muma, and you're listening to Management Decisions, where we give the employers some advice on how to handle certain areas of their businesses. Now, we're discussing employer branding in this episode and what key elements companies should be implementing within their branding vision. To get an expert's point of view, we have Betsy Rowbottom on the line. Betsy is the co-founder and chief culture officer of The Good Jobs, where they really see culture as a strategic advantage for companies, and they look to help those companies find out what makes them unique. Betsy, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks, Tim. Well, it's obviously an interesting topic and one that I'm sure employers talk about constantly, internally, externally, and, and the like. When we talk about the term branding, though, how do you define it in a way where people don't necessarily just think of a logo or a tagline? It's really got to be something more than that, right? I think w- when people think of branding, they think of consumer branding. And so they think of the uniquenesses around a product. They think of how that brand makes them feel. There's a lot, obviously, uh, most of what happens in branding is from a consumer perspective. Mm-hmm. So right now, I think the industry is really looking at extending the consumer brand awareness to what that employer invests in and, and how their employment brand can be seen as, as just as unique as their consumer brand. So one of the things that our goal at The Good Jobs is to help companies to understand how they're unique and differentiate their employment brand, talk about the unique parts of how their employer culture can attract candidates uh, in the exact same way that a strong consumer brand helps to attract consumers. You bring up a good point there as far as that differentiation that maybe people sometimes struggle with. As you said, so many times it's the consumer side that we envision. But when you're looking at branding, what do you think employers should really be accomplishing through their branding and really why it's so important for an organization's success? The primary reason it's important is that what employers are, are competing over when they're competing for talent is a way to engage a candidate in a unique way. What candidates are often at a disadvantage to understand is who that employer is. Mm-hmm. So when we think about the way a job posting is written, it's written for the skills and qualifications to perform the duties of the job, which are certainly really important. That's an important qualification to know if a person is a good fit for the role. The problem is, is I think a lot of organizations stop short of, of explaining who they are. And actually, that, that criteria ends up being very important to a candidate. So for organizations that are posting jobs, to either job boards or to their own career site, but stopping short of, of sharing what their unique culture is, they're really doing themselves a, a disservice because it's something that candidates need to understand, especially more discerning candidates that have a lot of options in the market. Right. That's something that it really makes a big difference for them to understand who an employer is. And talk about that a little bit as far as the branding side. And again, talking a little bit about as far as what candidates see in that organization. How do you envision that having changed in recent years? You can go back as far as you want, but maybe what are some of the game changers or why it really is different now and the value of branding, what what it brings to the table? The companies that are doing it really well uh, have built great employment brand awareness. Uh, Companies like Google and Zappos. Uh, see a direct line between a strong employment brand, building a strong talent pipeline, as well as connecting to consumers. So it's not a 
an oversight on their part to say, we're a great employer, and by the way, you should buy our products. Mm. I think that it's been reversed for a long time where a very strong consumer brand makes an assumption that if they have a great consumer brand, that they will automatically be able to attract talent. Right. But we're seeing kind of the reverse now. I think that's the, the strongest trend in employment branding that companies that do understand the value of it and invest in it see kind of the dual benefit of not only building a great talent pipeline, which of course every company wants a following of talent to be excited to apply for their job, but also to buy their products. Let's dive into the portion a little bit. Where we're talking about what really a candidate might be looking at when it comes to that employer, that organization. Of course, with some of the things you do over there at The Good Jobs, what do you focus on or what do you consider to try to determine what's going to help best for this company's brand or enhance that brand vision in some way? What are some of those factors that you really look to focus upon when you're trying to help them out? So I'd say the number one thing and and truly, you know, in recruiting and in talent attraction, there is no silver bullet. There's no one thing that an employer needs to do. But I would say it's a broad kind of concept, but the idea of, of creating more transparency so that a candidate understands who that employer is, is probably the number one thing that a a company can do to differentiate themselves. What I value as a job seeker will be different from another job seeker. Mm -hmm. And the goal is to kind of uh, reduce that kind of vanilla career site. The vanilla career site, the way I would define it is they have a lot of buzzwords. They say things like, employees are our best asset and we like to work hard, play hard and we're family friendly. <laughs> and the, you know, I mean, we've seen them, right? They're, oh, yeah. they're on every career site, right? The problem is, is that all of those things may be true. However, from a job seeker's perspective, it's very difficult for them to understand what that means and how that translates to their life. So if I'm a person, uh, we're located in Milwaukee and so Kohl's is a, a big employer in our area, and Kohl's has an on-site daycare center. So I would say that that's a tangible asset that they could share with potential candidates to say, we're family-friendly, and this is how we invest in being family-friendly. We you know, provide a stipend to our employees so that they can bring their children to our on-site daycare center. Mm-hmm. That's a tangible, understandable asset as opposed to uh, saying we're family-friendly. So those are the kinds of things that the good jobs really focuses on because we, we say it's not important to be all things to all people. Most organizations invest in certain ways in their employees and in their community. And what's most important is to lead with those attributes because a job seeker really wants that information. Depending on their confidence level, sometimes they are, are brave enough to ask those kinds of questions in the interview process. Mm-hmm. But, you know, truly, the, the candidates that are already in the hiring funnel, you know, going to an on-site interview, those are the ones that want that information. But what about the candidates who never got into the funnel and never knew that there was an on-site daycare center? Sure. So what we feel our mission is, is to be able to uncover that important content and criteria for job seekers to understand so that they're more likely to convert into the funnel. And I find that fascinating, even the portion you mentioned there a little bit earlier on, where don't just say that we're family friendly, but give an example. That's the exact same advice that we see and hear for job seekers when they're looking to pitch themselves. You know, don't just say you're a hard worker. Give us an example of that. Do you see that as being 
kind of the complementary pieces to each other that really, if you're utilizing the same strategies, that's going to work out best? Absolutely. And, and I think that that's a really good comparison because I think that we do a lot to educate job seekers on what they should be saying and in, in essence, how they should be proving themselves. Mm-hmm. So don't give a blanket statement where now that the talent market is shifting and now there's more and more skill shortage, employers are on the side of prove it. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, so as soon as that sort of shifts and now candidates are in the driver's seat, it's going to be on the employers to be able to prove how they invest in their employees so that a prospective employee is excited to apply. And a lot of employers are, are still missing this. The exact same information that we would share with a job seeker to say, you need to give concrete examples. We are absolutely trying to help employers to give specific examples and not just rest on, uh, we have competitive compensation packages and 401k and these things are expected. So what we need to do is paint more of an accurate picture of what it's like to work there. And that could be through videos. There's, there's lots of different ways that organizations are sharing that content. Mm-hmm. But you know, our, our solution is to really go to the heart of what makes that company unique and culture and, and the ways that an uh, employer is investing in their workforce is a really good way to be able to paint a picture so that prospective employee understands, is this a place that I would thrive and, and, you know, enjoy working? Or is this a place that doesn't really fit my expectations? Speaking of those various ways to possibly show those candidates out there what it's like, what the organization's culture looks like, social media, how big of a role should that be playing now? Uh, Is it almost a must nowadays? Where would you put the importance of utilizing social media when it comes to branding? You know, I think social media is reflecting uh, an organization's kind of how much they embrace innovation, how much they want to be seen as a current business. So social media is a huge part of our world. I look at it more like a vehicle. Mm-hmm. Again, it comes down to the content, whether the content is interesting or not. So there are companies out there who are tweeting out jobs, but if the content isn't great, it really doesn't matter what the vehicle is. So that content ends up being really important. So I would say companies that are kind of putting their content out through lots of different channels are obviously going to have more engagement, higher numbers from candidates just by virtue of of having more channels to communicate. But I think that companies sort of get bogged down with the idea that they should have a Facebook page or that they should have a bigger LinkedIn presence. And it's not going to be engaging for a candidate if they're not sharing relevant content. So it's, it's less important to kind of have a Facebook page if the content isn't there. So I would say it's definitely a, a combination of looking at those, that messaging and, and, and having a, a complete strategy around social media instead of just saying we're on social media. Because I think a lot of companies go down that road and then they're disappointed with the time investment, you know, use the tools and there are amazing, great tools out there. But I think it's, it's a matter of, of making sure that their message is on the mark and that they're sharing, you know, what I would consider to be the most useful, which is very transparent criteria about how that organization wants to be seen and, and create a, a strong presence and brand uh, using all the different social media channels. 
You've mentioned the idea of transparency a number of times and, of course, emphasizing it and its importance when you're talking about trying to put forward that brand a little bit. If there was an organization, though, that was looking to ramp up their efforts, maybe they really haven't done anything. They've kind of rested on their laurels and and done the traditional methods that you've referred to that probably aren't working very well nowadays. What would you say if you can take it beyond just that transparency piece or specifically how they can be more transparent? How do they start that? How do they build that up? Where do you begin? Because I'm sure there are a lot of people listening who are in this position thinking, I don't even know where exactly to start because we're so far behind. What would you offer up in terms of a little bit of advice there? Well, this sounds like the perfect tee up to talk about our solution because this is exactly (laughs) why we created the good job. I would say that, you know, a lot of organizations are in that situation where they have a difficult time knowing where to start, how to even describe how they're unique. Because for example, I spoke at a a hospital group system recently and, and one of their concerns was as a hospital, they felt that a lot of their employees choose their workplace simply based on distance to their home Mm. uh, and the idea that sort of all hospital systems are the same. And they said, we really need, you know, to, we we compete for talent, obviously, and, and we need to differentiate ourselves. And so when we created the good jobs, we really had those kinds of companies in mind who have a difficult time even having the self-awareness of how to position their employment brand or, or what to talk about that's unique to them. We actually looked at about 100 different career sites, and most career sites talk about culture either very broadly, using, again, those kind of buzzwords, but most kind of describe how they invest in their employees and in the community in seven distinct ways. The way that we have come up with our solution is we actually align organizations with culture badges and the badges are meant to reflect all their uniquenesses because I think that when you're working somewhere and for example you have we recently talked to a bank so it's a a small local bank in Wisconsin and we were going through sort of what they have on site and what they offer their employees well they have an ATM machine in their lobby because they're a bank And those kinds of, it's a small thing, Mm -hmm. but it's a noteworthy amenity. And actually, um, we have a a person uh, on our staff who's a millennial, and he said, I love to have an ATM machine in our lobby. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, it's like, you know, a generation that generally has either no cash or $20 that they need to have an ATM machine very close by. Those are small things that I think organizations struggle to understand how a candidate would see them. And so by going through our process, we're able to uncover what's unique about them, you know, and, and I think it's very hard um, for people to kind of understand, especially when I talk to recruiters and, and leadership and organizations that have worked at a company for 20 years, it, you know, they, they can't even remember what they knew about the company before they applied. Right. So it's very hard for them to, to know how their workplace is is different from another place that may be competing for the same talent pool, but they just don't know how to describe themselves. So, you know, we feel that that's a really great starting point. There's certainly questions that organizations can ask themselves through uh, great places to work has an online survey as well that companies can sort of go through that process, whether they they're awarded 
to be a great place to work or not, the, the practice of going through the surveys can be certainly uh, useful as well. Betsy, you've given us some really good information and maybe a little different perspective for some that are listening and not truly being able to see the whole picture as you all of you are over at The Good Jobs. We have about 30 seconds or so. I wanted to give you the opportunity. What would you offer up as just a final last takeaway, something you'd want the listeners to remember from our conversation today? Uh, well, I think you touched on it. I think, uh, you know, if we were playing a drinking game and I said the word transparency 17 times and <laughs> everyone had to take a drink, um, I would say that the biggest takeaway and, and the biggest competitive advantage that companies can look at is being more transparent. I think that there's a, a fear to share exactly who a company is or maybe even a fear that they're not unique enough. They're not Google. And so what's noteworthy about sharing? But my feeling is that transparency helps a candidate to understand who a company is and whether that's ping pongs on site or an ATM machine, whatever that company invests in, it, it reflects their culture. And I would say also there's a fear that if they kind of are vanilla and there's nothing very unique that perhaps someone would not apply. But the truth is, is that that person who is looking for those kinds of perks and amenities probably isn't going to be an employee who's going to stick around a very long time. Let's actually attract the talent into the funnel who know more about your organization. And then the kind of goal of it is obviously to retain that individual longer. So by sharing in a transparent way what a company is investing in, the goal is to make sure that every candidate who understands that knows what they're getting into and can self-select in or out based on what they, what they research. With that, we will close out this edition of Management Decisions. We've been speaking today with Betsy Rowbottom, co-founder and chief culture officer of The Good Jobs. Betsy, thanks for coming on, sharing your insight with us. Thanks so much for having me. It was really fun. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, maybe you have a comment about this show or any of our others on LJN Radio, shoot us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also reach out to us on Twitter. Find us at the LJN. For everyone here at LJN Radio, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody. 